Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Marketing Talks podcast. I am your host, Michael Smith. Today, we have a pretty interesting topic on our hands. And uh, if you follow the podcast, you're probably aware of it a little bit because I know I've definitely talked about it. I think I gave it the Under the Radar Award uh, for the marketees. So if you want to go back and listen to that, fact check me, let me know. But essentially, at the moment, the Australian government is kind of having a bit of a fight with the big tech companies um, in the form of Google and Facebook mainly. Uh, What's going on a little bit of backstory here is that they are basically what's happened is they have asked Facebook and Google to pay for using news content. Uh, So instead of just being able to share on Facebook and Google having it in their rankings um, and doing that for free, uh, they are asking, they're asking these companies to pay for it. And there's been a bit of backlash from it. Ultimately, I don't think these companies care about having to pay uh, Australian media companies for this, but I think what they do care about is other governments looking to this and thinking, oh, good idea. Maybe we should do the same. Uh, So they've really gone hard after this. Google at one point threatened to shut down Google in Australia and and eventually came to the table with the government and came to an agreement. And then Facebook overnight announced that they were no no longer going to allow any news content on Facebook. So I thought I'd reach out to a former guest on the, the podcast, Shanna Maloney, who is currently living in Australia. And she put me in touch with uh, two of her colleagues. So I actually have two guests uh, for this podcast. The first one being Nikki Monolo and Delara Ogatas. They both bring a really interesting perspective. One kind of deals more on the, the content side uh, on social media, whereas the other one is more on the paid end. Uh, they both currently work at Photo Media, which is an agency in Brisbane, Australia. Uh, they are rebranding those. So as a, I believe the time this gets published, it will be Photo Media. Uh, and then they, as I explained later in the episode, it will be rebranded to Ravel. So um, I will have links in, in the show notes and I will update them when that rebrand comes through as well otherwise the only thing to cover before we get into the episode is uh have you subscribed or share that's the other one if you've got a colleague that might be interested in this uh, make sure you share uh and put the word out there for me and hopefully get a few more listeners on here i've i've got a goal in mind and i'm toying with the idea whether i make it public or not but i'm really really close to hitting um this goal so i would appreciate it if you could do that but without further ado, here is my conversation with Nikki and Delara. Uh, yeah, so I guess uh, I think we could start with like, if you could both kind of explain your roles at uh, Photo Media and, and what you do there. Sure. So I work pretty much exclusively with um, our clients on their social media strategy. Um, coming up with that strategy, executing it and implementing it. Um, And then also in terms of content. So blog content for uh, websites or LinkedIn articles and things like that. So the longer form content is where that all fits in and they go together really nicely. Um, So it's nice to have kind of across the board an eye on like seeing where that content's coming from and using that in socials. And then just on my end, um, I, similar to Nikki, I'm basically overseeing a bit of the strategy and planning 
uh, side of like the advertising campaigns for our clients, as well as the actual like execution implementation and then also the reporting phase. Um, but I do focus efforts more across the paid media side of the advertising campaign. So across like PPC, as well as our social media channels as well. Yeah. So I think it's interesting to have kind of a paid and a, a native background uh, when it comes to this topic. So, you know, what I wanted to talk to you guys about, was uh, kind of like Facebook basically banned all news content in Australia, which I think a lot of people are unaware of unless you're from Australia. So if it was about a month ago, I think now, like people kind of just woke up one day and they couldn't post any news stories. Uh, is that basically what happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically it was just, um, one day we all woke up and there was no news on Facebook. I think Delara might have a little bit more on this one um, for you. Yes, yeah, so I think in regards to Australia's proposed new news media bargaining law, um, Facebook has had to restrict people and news organisations from sharing or viewing Australian and international news content. And the proposed law was going to force Facebook and Google to pay news publishers for content. And this plan was motivated by concerns at the balance of power between those big tech firms like Facebook and Google um, and the news organisations basically was all out of whack. Um, and, yeah, basically there was just this whole lot of communication beforehand and, yeah, the government and Facebook had these comms and, yeah, Facebook believed it offered much more benefit to news companies than news companies offering to Facebook. And yeah, the, we were doing some research like um, in the past few weeks and we actually found out like the company's head in Australia and New Zealand, Will Easton, said in a blog post announcing the block that news content accounts for less than 4% of content people see in their newsfeed, while Facebook accounted for 5.1 billion clicks to Australian news websites in 2020. Wow, really? That's interesting because I feel like my feed is mainly news. Like, and kind of what's been the motivation on, from the government? You said it's kind of, they feel Facebook has got a little too much power or, or Google as well. Um, like, how does this kind of resolve it, do you think? Yeah, I think, look, the government, there's probably a few things that, <laughs> as always, I don't know that it's as easy as purely just they you know, want to even the playing field. I think obviously there's a huge monopoly that Google and Facebook have um, over journalism and, and advertising, but I think there's also been a lot of talk recently about um, News Corp, which is headed up by Rupert Murdoch, and there's some close ties there and it's basically he has a you know, he dominates the Australian media and he's obviously got the power to negotiate with these giant big tech uh, companies about making money off them. But it kind of lets you, well, makes you wonder what's going to happen to the smaller publishers and the, and the smaller guys that don't have that negotiating power to actually win against Facebook. Um, and so it's kind of been interesting seeing the dialogue between different, the different sides of the argument with when it comes to the government and um, how they, he's kind of backed this or Rupert Murdoch's kind of backed this. And basically it's just, you know, everything's about money these days anyway. So <laughs> um, I think it's probably more that, to be honest, than purely just um, evening the playing field. And I think for uh, listeners who aren't from Australia, I mean, 
rip up Medic. He he owns Fox News, which would probably be the biggest uh, platform mm-hmm. he has. But also, right, the, the Sun, I think, is I don't know if it's still running. Actually, I think I might have had to shut down in the UK. But yeah, um, kind of infamous for kind of right wing media. But he's from Australia, and everyone in Australia knows who he is at least by name. Definitely, <laughs> and he he definitely owns a huge huge portion of the the newspapers there. So is, is that kind of been the reaction from people in Australia? Is that this is kind of a, a move from the government on behalf of Mr. Murdoch? Yeah, look, I think it's been a mixed bag. I think people have kind of come at this from because it just happened so suddenly. It took a little while for people to get get things together and and really understand where it was coming from. Um, You know, there's people that have totally backed the government and hate the idea of someone like Mark Zuckerberg taking over the world. (laughs) Um, But there's the other people on the flip side that go, you know, we don't want to see these guys with their big tech companies come in. And especially in Australia, I think there's a big mentality for the little guy and, and the underdog and seeing them succeed. So it's also you know, how do we get them to the top and how do we get the most out of that? So it's it's kind of interesting to see both perspectives of it. And it's it's hard, I guess, especially in our space when we are exposed to it on a daily basis to, you know, really make uh, an informed opinion about it because you do see both sides of the story and you do kind of understand both sides um, but it, it, yeah, it's, it's definitely been a mixed bag from, from most of the people that I've spoken to anyway. And have you seen any effect on, uh, your end as someone who markets for content or paid? Like, is, did you see any effect during that, the time period that it got banned? Um, look, I mean, across like on our end, like for our, like our agency, we haven't personally, I haven't really seen a whole lot that has been affected, but I could, I could talk a lot about, I guess, just like the public in general, but like kind of backing off from Nikki as well as um, like the media and actually advertisers. So I think, I think for like the media and advertisers like ourselves, definitely not the outcome we wanted. I know, like, I think you know, there are some agencies that are servicing, you know, government clients where, you know, for example, here in Australia, we've got Queensland Health, their pages were all shut down due to this um, this implementation. So it was definitely, it wasn't ideal um, because obviously that kind of affected the current advertising campaigns in market. And I think, yeah, it just comes to like the law, I think misunderstands the relationship between the platform and the publishers who use it to share news content. Um, it was also quite interesting because I found quite a bit of, um, I guess, research around like the current sentiment in the market as well um, for Australia and across news forums and social conversations. I saw that there was a 96% negative perspective from the Australian market. And the sentiment was actually backed by a lot of key themes of concerns from the Australian public around platform integrity and legislation enforcement, which was really interesting. Um, yeah. So that was, I just found that really interesting just from like a marketing perspective. So can we dip into that a little bit? Like, so when you say negative uh, thoughts, like was that towards Facebook or towards, um, yeah yeah yeah, that was so just to be clear that was kind of towards like Facebook as a platform because a lot of 
a lot of users, I think most, I know a lot of people that I know, you know, go to Facebook to consume their news content. And now there's kind of been a bit of like an information vacuum with all the, this news, you know, and people, uh, people are relying on Facebook to provide, you know, um, reliable and, you know, just points. And particularly with this COVID period as well, there's a lot more people going on to Facebook and just, you know, trying to stay in the loop with, you know, new sites in Australia. And it's just, I guess that inconvenience for the public has just caused a lot of, I guess, backlash. But do you think like eventually, like, I feel like initially, yes, this is, this would hurt media quite badly. Um, but I think over time, like people would eventually be more, a little more intentional about looking for media and like going to websites and maybe even subscribing. And I, I feel after a while, this would actually help news websites. I was just wondering if you had any yeah. thoughts or insights on that. Yeah, definitely. Cause I think, um, definitely, I think people hopefully, because once I guess all this, you know, if we do have all the, the news sites and the, all this news content being vacuumed up from Facebook, then, you know, we're hoping that yes, the, the website traffic will increase and people will be actually going to those new sites, whether it's, you know, ABC or SBS or where, wherever it is they go to consume their content. So definitely. And, and like obviously a big issue and uh, probably one of the biggest issues in the last few years has been that kind of misinformation and also kind of people getting into that, uh, you know, you, you're a little news bubble, you know, everyone's like, oh, I don't know how we could think that way. I'm like, well, he sees completely different news to what I see. So that's how he thinks that way. <laughs> and that's, you know, it's because it's so algorithm driven. Um, and I'm just wondering, like, I just feel like this would help. I think this is a good solution, actually. <laughs> Yeah, look, I it's interesting because I think it can kind of go either way. <laughs> um, and I mean, I like you said, social media is just this giant echo chamber because it it it's all this confirmation bias that it shows you things that you already know and it reinforces your opinions and and different thoughts that you have on different things. Um, but I also feel like the big thing to come out of this has been that it's opened up the platform to you know, the internet's a wonderful thing now that people can make blogs and articles look legitimate <laughs> really easily. Mm -hmm. And they can make these news articles look as though they've been properly fact-checked or they've been written by someone who is an expert in the topic when in reality, it's, it's probably just some random person sitting behind their computer in a basement. <laughs> and it's so, it's, it's really hard to tell the difference when it, when it's been done well. And there's just been so much more of that and it kind of opens up Facebook then to the people who share the, you know, conspiracy theories or the really extremist views on different things because they're seeing these opinions from people come through that are really strong and really um, seem really valid and, and seem really authoritative but, uh, you know, anything but that. So I think if people are smart about it and particularly I guess our generation or Gen Z and even um, also actually, no, I'm a millennial, <laughs> um, millennials and Gen Z, but, you know, we've gotten a lot more savvy with where we get our information from, but it's also so hard to sift through all the white noise as well. And, you know, it, it, 
I think it does come back to a bit of that confirmation bias where social media is kind of a breeding ground for stuff like that because it amplifies the things that you think you you know. Um, and so for people that are very opinionated, that's like that's pretty dangerous <laughs> um, to give them that that space. And especially when people can go out there and start these blogs and start different YouTube channels and things like this that seem so credible and are completely not. Um, so yeah, I, I think it'll, it'll be interesting to see what that does. And I think Facebook's in this weird transition period anyway, where it's kind of, people are shifting a little bit from Facebook anyway, um, just because they came out and said, you know, we were going to crack down on fake news and, um, you know, do all these things uh, and make sure that you are actually getting informative, uh, stuff in your newsfeed. Um, but like, has anyone really seen that? Because I know we all have, you know, <laughs> I have at least two or three people that maybe are relatives <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that share, you know, things that you go, what on earth, where did you find this? And why are you sharing this and telling the public that this is how you feel? Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. So kind of where, where is it at now? So it seems like Facebook is kind of backed off on this now right yeah so they they basically came to a deal <laughs> or came to an agreement um and I think it was a matter of days maybe five or six days um maybe not even that long but they agreed on the bargaining code which was the law that was um being passed uh and it's it's basically now everything's kind of kicked into gear. So Facebook now um, has that agreement where any news that gets shared, similar to the, the agreement that was um, settled with Google on the, the bargaining code, because that was probably a few weeks prior to this whole Facebook thing kicking off. And, we, and all of us in Australia are going, oh, my goodness, we're not going to have Google. What are we going to do without Google? <laughs> and luckily they kind of settled it before we had to experience that. Um, but Facebook kind of didn't let it get to that and just decided to flick the switch and, um, took it all away. And basically, yeah, so now it's all been resolved as far as we can tell that, um, now the publishers, they paid publishers for, um, content. And, um, I guess that's probably where, you know, the Rupert Murdoch news Corp comes in as well, because it's just a lot of, um, those kinds of, uh, articles being shown where do you stand on this like it's just i feel like i've seen a lot of people especially on seo threads or they're on the side of facebook saying you're giving all this free advertising to these publishers and now they want money for it and then other people i tend to fall on the side of like well facebook's no actually just freely taking your content and putting it out there uh and not paying for it like i'm just wondering where you where you feel you sit on this fence I'd say personally for myself, um, coming from like an advertiser background as well, probably like kind of somewhere in the middle, like I was kind of a bit unsure at first, but I think, yeah, almost a bit neutral. I think, um, there's, yeah, it's definitely, I think like for myself personally, like, I mean, I've actually don't really use Facebook a lot. Um, but obviously I use it more on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, 
at, for my role, like as a, as a paid social specialist. So I, I think if I definitely had, I mean, I wasn't in this case, but if I did have any clients that, you know, obviously this had affected them and their campaigns, it would, it would be very frustrating. And I think, um, you know, us marketers, I think we need to kind of consider how our clients and brands will be perceived on Facebook if we use it in the future. So I think, um, you know, there's, yeah, there's been a lot of talks like of, you know, the public and advertisers also, you know, yeah, boycotting Facebook or, you know, the deleting the Facebook movement is, was also, there was a lot of talks about that in the past few weeks, but yeah, I think for myself, I probably, I'm pretty kind of, I guess, neutral kind of in the middle. Yeah. And then that's a good point too. Like I know like last year we kind of did have that, I think it was one month everyone kind of decided not to advertise on Facebook and I don't think that really led anywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to, this is an offshoot question. You don't need to answer it if you don't want to, but uh, like I found recently the, the quality of ad on Facebook is really bad, actually. Like it's kind of cringeworthy, some of the ads that I'm seeing. And I'm not sure if I was a, a established brand that I would necessarily want my ad shown being, being shown next to that. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure if you're, you're seeing the same, but I'm just wondering if there's been any kind of talk about that. Uh, from an advertising point of view? I think for, yeah, I mean, definitely, I think from an agency perspective, there's definitely, um, you know, when you plan your advertising campaign on Facebook, you can definitely opt in to various placements. And there's actually a section where um, when you are planning advertising campaign and, you know, wanting to post a creative on a platform, you can actually, there's a section on the planning tool where it allows you to opt into audience network. So for personally for our best practices, um, I know from my perspective, like I tend not to opt into that because I think um, one, it on our end, it won't provide a lot of cost efficiencies, but two, the ad will actually be served to a whole bunch of different people on the platform and it you just won't get like, you won't get the right traffic coming onto your ad so um it kind of comes down to yeah I guess you just need to kind of really think through what placement and where exactly you want to serve your ad on the platform so I think yeah it just comes down to like the planning side and how, how things are differing in Australia I'm kind of curious to see like is uh TikTok as big as it is there as it is uh, in North America TikTok's definitely taken off. I think as always, Australia does fall a little bit behind when it comes to anything really tech related. Um, we're in just this giant island in the middle of the ocean. And I think we kind of isolate ourselves a little bit. So these kinds of things do take a little bit longer to catch on, but there is, there has been a huge, um, I guess, influx of people using TikTok and people pushing TikTok, especially from where we sit in an agency, um, from an agency perspective and a business perspective, there's a lot, um, you know, that people are experimenting with and using different channels like TikTok for, you know, things that you would never imagine, <laughs> you know, you would see on TikTok and they're, you know, seeing amazing success with it. And I think it's, 
it's like anything it's, you've got to have a really good strategy and, and be able to execute it well on a channel like that. But, um, it's definitely taking off. And I think it's seeing the difference between the users and the user behavior on a platform like TikTok, as opposed to something like Facebook is also, you know, really interesting and it, and it changes so rapidly, like anything in our industry does. Um, but seeing how people are kind of going to switch between that, because it's also, there's a very uh, significant portion of the population that see TikTok as something that's used by the 13 year old, (laughs) you know, teenage girl who just dances in front of a camera and posts that. So it's, it's still in this kind of weird phase of people realizing that probably has a lot more power than that, but how do we actually tap into that and utilize it to make it, you know, profitable or, you know, engage with influencers and things like that on the platform to actually make it worthwhile from a business perspective. Um, and then I think there's the people that are just scared of it <laughs> as adults or just, you know, on a personal level that kind of go, and I, you know, I'm probably one of them. I use it. i like, I've downloaded it and I use it, but I have never posted on it similar to you with Facebook. It's just, it's, I kind of just, it's like this deep, dark, abyss of (laughs) scrolling and you next minute you know you're watching the most ridiculous like cat do some absurd trick on a middle of a bridge somewhere it's just insane so it's um yeah I think it'll be interesting to see how people kind of latch onto it and use it in Australia um but it's probably in its early stages of of the capabilities that it that it has for sure um, yeah, and no, I think I, I've touched on everything uh, I want to touch on. I just wonder if you had any final thoughts or if we kind of feel this is going. Do you think the government's kind of made their point and they're going to stop or do you think it might they might even look to go further in other aspects um, of kind of containing yeah. Facebook and the, the big big media or do you think they've kind of given a little bit of a slap on the, the wrist and that this is kind of done? Um, look, time will tell. I think there's a big part of, you know, this whole thing is coming into light, but it's been ongoing for years. Um, it's just kind of coming to the surface in the last, you know, month, as you said earlier. Um, and it's this ongoing battle, I think, between these tech companies, giant tech companies and, governments around the world about how they're actually going to be regulated and how on an ongoing basis we manage that from a consumer perspective, like legally, as well as, you know, in terms of businesses and publishers in this case. Um, and I think seeing the direction that goes will, you know, it will, it, it is just a matter of time, but I don't know that this is going to be the end of it. <laughs> I think people are starting to want to see these big companies actually be made accountable for, you know, what they're doing. And especially after the whole Cambridge Analytica thing, you know, what does that mean for us? People just are still so baffled by their data and, and what their data is made of and worth and where it's going and who has access to it. And 
it's kind of this weird gray area for a lot of people. Um, and we all know that it's bad, but we don't really actively do anything to stop it. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's going to be interesting, but I don't know that it's the end of it. Um, and I'd be very surprised to see, I think it's maybe just a little, okay, this is for now, we're kind of going to sit tight, but there's probably other things that are going to come. And I think it'll just be, you know, I've all over the world, different like Canada and Europe have all been looking at Australia in this scenario and kind of going, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Maybe we should do that as well. (laughs) That seems like a good idea. So it could be a matter of time before it's something that kind of takes off around the world and Facebook has a lot to answer for. Yeah, I agree. I think this is kind of woken governments up that this is, they don't have to kind of accept the status quo that Facebook exists and can do whatever they want. I think that they realize now they can kind of exert a little bit, bit of control. And, you know, obviously mm. um, the US and has been taught, at least Elizabeth Warren has been talking about trying to break up Facebook and they're now trying to do the antitrust with uh, Google as well. And um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I feel like it, it, it really kind of reminds me of like all the old debates of like McDonald's and like how bad it is for you. And then like kind of super size <laughs> me came out and that was like, <laughs> all right, we all knew this. We all knew this, but you kind of need that reminder. And, uh, you know, with the, um, that documentary that came out on Netflix last year, I think, I can't anyone remember the name of that social dilemma. Was that it? Yeah. 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 Like I think that, is one of those things where it's like, oh, we all kind of knew this, but it's good mm-hmm. to have that reminder. And uh, mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, we'll see some changes. So I appreciate you uh, coming on and joining me for kind of a, it's an interesting chat. It's kind of hard hard to know where to sit. Um, I also think Definitely. Another, another interesting fact with this is also like, it's the, the government in Australia is not exactly the most progressive government that you would expect to kind of, do this <laughs> yeah no so, you're right you know, um so it's like that's why I was like I feel like it's kind of it might be a little bit done just because I feel like he's he's you know pumped his chest and done something but um he's, he's yeah. not it's not it's not you're just into <laughs> no far from it <laughs> or you know you hear about France France does this a lot they're, they're willing to make policies that are you know, it would be quite shocking to everyone else, but you, I would not be expecting this from Australia. So that was very much a surprise, which I think also played into the narrative that it was maybe uh, their friend Rupert <laughs> asking mm. for a favor. Um, yes. Yeah. But we'll see. Maybe he wants more favors. <laughs> yeah. Look, money talks. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is true. But who's got the most money is we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I want to thank you for joining me, uh, especially over multiple time zones and uh, yeah, uh, helping educate the, the audience on what's actually going on down there and uh, maybe it will see its way up here. Um, yes. But if anyone wants to get in touch with any more questions or uh, following on social media, is there any way they should head? Um, they can probably actually follow. Oh, no, I'm just... You're going to have to cut this out, but I'm just thinking because we're, we're rebranding. <laughs> what are you rebranding to? Are you allowed to talk so, about it? Uh, yeah. So we are moving from photo media um, and rebranding to Ravel. 
Um, so you can jump and follow our social pages um, or get in touch. Um, but I was going to say follow Photo Media, which you still can, but it will be changing very soon to Ravel. So <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned. Before publishers, have you locked down the handles? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what about your individual accounts? Uh, do you have anything public you want to promote? Um. <laughs> I mean, personally on my end, yeah, not, not, not really too much, but yeah, I mean, definitely you can, you know, you can add both of us on LinkedIn. So yeah, Nikki and myself. So it's just kind of our full name. So you'll find us. And at the moment, yeah, we're just under photo media with an F and yeah, the company name will be changing to Ravel in the next week or two. So yeah. No uh, TikTok accounts to promote? Oh, no, no, no TikTok accounts. No, not on my end, no. <laughs> well, I'll have those uh, links in the, the comments below, but uh, thank you for joining me. Great. Thanks so much, Michael. Thanks so much, Michael.